0: Crowd My Table is a Real Talk production. You can find Real Talk at realtalkproductions.squarespace.com, follow us on Instagram at realtalk.productions, or email us at wearerealtalkproductions@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
1: Hello, and welcome to Crowd My Table, a podcast meant to bring people together, by discovering beauty in the ugly, creating strength in the broken and choosing joy in devastation. And today I'm interviewing my bestest, dearest Best. friend, Beck. <laughs> Rebecca, I call her Beck. My boys love her. I love her. So tell uh, let's let's um share with them how we met.
0: Okay. <clears throat> so Holly and I met at was it the campfire night? Yeah, we were at a widows' conference. Widows and widower conference that are. It's not LDS. It's LDS, but it's not like put on by the church, but it's LDS people that put it mm-hmm. on. And so it's um, conferences that they put on kind of around the country. And uh, we happened to meet the one in Gilbert in February uh, this last year. This year, mm-hmm. 2019.
1: Yeah, so we went to the bonfire. Like we had become Facebook friends first, right? right? Did we? Know. No, I don't remember. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, we been we met be at, at the conference, and then you came back in May, and for a right. little staycation. That's right. We didn't and really then, talk. Yeah, we just those two times. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then um, I was like, Are you Marco Polo? You're like, Yeah. And then that's when it was just like instant. We just became like, we talked all Polo the time. besties. Full <laughs> <Polo> of besties. <laughs>
0: It's true. It's, I know. Really it's are the best. really my first friendship that I've made through, like, utilizing that yeah. pa- platform, which is kind of funny. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So, um,
1: so Beck, both and I, her and I are widows. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wanted to interview Beck because, one, she's amazing, and I learn from her all the time. She's hilarious, and she's gorgeous.
0: <laughs> We had a lot of fun together. i hilarious came before gorgeous, because <laughs> <coughs> beauty will fail in time. So I like to
1: say that she is a perfect mix of Marie Osmond and Marie Lachlan from The Real Housewives of Dallas. So she hot. She, she gorgeous. She <laughs>
0: hot. I was actually thinking The Real Housewives lady's probably really high maintenance. Of course, Marie is these days, right? She's kind of.
1: Anyway, so, so Beck is amazing. Um, so let's, you want to start
0: from the beginning? Like, where did you grow up? Sure. Okay. So I grew up here in Mesa. Um, I was born in Phoenix, moved a little bit when I was little, but we settled back in Mesa when I was eight. And I've been, my parents have been in the same family home since I was nine. So I mean, what? 33, 33 Mm -hmm. years now we've been, so I'm Mesa's my home. Yeah. But, um, right after high school, I uh, went to Eastern Arizona College. I, I kind of got enamored with the small towns. And I had some friends from small towns that were going to go to Eastern. And so I opted to go, which was, it was really good. It was fun. Did you know so that I went there fun. for one semester? Yeah, I think I did know that. Yeah. Because we have friends, common <clears throat> friends out there. Mm-hmm. Or from from that time. But um, And I was, I kind of chased a boy out there, but um, just fine because I met so many friends and I have lifelong friends from college out there mm-hmm. and I met my husband over there. So I mean, where is he from? So he's from this little town in, in Arizona called Baghdad, which either you have never, ever heard of it. Don't believe that it's real because it's Baghdad. You have been to it or people say, Oh, I've been through Baghdad and you, we call him out because there's no through street. Oh. You go to Baghdad and you leave Baghdad. You don't go through Baghdad. Oh, but, that's funny. But if you're driving from Phoenix to Vegas, for instance, like on the Highway 93, mm-hmm. there's a cutoff to Baghdad. And okay. so a lot of people have seen the sign, but didn't have never been in there. But okay. he was from a cattle ranching family. His dad was a teacher because in cattle ranching, at least in our operation, it wasn't a money making operation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just enough to keep, you know, it's a very expensive hobby, basically but it 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 raises good boys and girls. So he was from Baghdad. And when he left college, he went home to start managing the ranch and building his own kind of cattle herd and stuff. So we were friends we weren't dating and we um, started writing letters back, back when we had letters, letter writing. And, um, we had actually had played a an april fool's joke on our friends that we were going to be engaged that year and uh, we weren't even dating or anything and then we started writing letters and it just kind of became a thing and then i was like i really like him i don't want to lose him as a friend in my life and so we kind of started corresponding more and talking on the phone mm-hmm. and I just kind of well, both both his friends saw our relationship for what I was before I did and mm. he did, and my sister, and a couple of my other friends saw what our relationship was before we did. Like, oh, that's funny. we were friends and we liked each other, but we didn't think the other one would have liked us back. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, um, we we started dating officially like around July fourth. As a matter of fact, our first kiss was on July fourth. So there were fireworks, and then, um, we got married at Thanksgiving. Like it was pretty, pretty quick. But we had yeah. been friends for a couple of years. So we knew each other. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: So you had, um, so you got married and then you just lived in Baghdad. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And he was, uh, starting to kind of take over working the ranch, mm-hmm. managing it and stuff. And, um, I worked for a bank for a number of years and then we couldn't have babies, um, from due to some health problems that would come back, you know, just over the years. My husband Un- had... His. On his side, yeah, he had um he had a really unusual disease when he was on his mission. He almost died from it. It's mm-hmm. really it's got a really high mortality rate, but it's called Wagner's disease, mm-hmm. or um they've actually changed the name, the official diagnosis name. But when he was diagnosed, it was Gra- Wagner's granulomatosis, mm. and it's a it's a vascular disease. And I've only actually ever heard of one other person that I know who has been affected by it, mm. um, but. Was, so it was like medication that had, yeah. Yeah. Had... Treatments were really intense. And from what I understand, they treated it like, a, like a chemo, but really, um, with just really intense medications. And so, um, the set, he, he kind of went into remission and mm-hmm. then he came back in the second round. This is what I understand because this is before, before I was in the picture, but mm-hmm. also he wasn't, he was kind of just like, yeah, that happened in my life. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather not revisit it, but right. so we talked about it and everything, but he was never really like, um, he didn't let it define he was just him. Like, no, he was just like, I'm well now I'm moving on. He was the hardest working, toughest dude, like would not let anything get him down. Yeah. And he was knocked down a lot. So that was like, when we essentially worked it out that we couldn't have kids. Um, when we were 20, I was turning five turning twenty five and he was turning thirty. He had to have a kidney transplant okay and so <clears throat> um that was kind of our first big medical event together mm-hmm. and then about a year later we were able to adopt our first kiddo
1: and that is canyon canyon yeah he is yeah. one handsome boy
0: he is a good looking chicken. Good looking boy, people always be like, Oh, he's so cute, you're gonna have to lock him up or whatever. And I'm like, Yeah, well, I kind of wish I had at this point, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> and now they tell me that about my daughter, and I'm just like, Shush. Oh, don't even I don't know. <laughs> like, I know what can happen <laughs> when a kid is outgoing and charming mm-hmm. and cute, I don't like their mother, but they get it from, I don't know, <laughs> but. So yeah, we had Canyon, we adopted Canyon and, um, and that was an
1: open adoption, open, right?
0: Yep. And that was really, really what became kind of the most important part of our adoptions was that we were really at first gun shy about open adoption. Cause mm-hmm. you don't, there's wasn't a lot of conversation about it 15, yeah. 17 years ago. Um, at that time, even the church adoption system, the LDS family services was still, um, facilitating what they called Mm semi-open wherein we knew first names we could meet we could exchange letters but everything had to go through the agency um but within a weekend they figured out that ours was going to be different and they essentially said here's each other's you direct contact because we were emailing each other back and forth back and forth back and forth back and forth and and they were having to basically monitor everything Mm -hmm. and within a weekend they decided that we could handle being just in direct contact and so Um, we it was just a really really blessed experience and to this day like Canyon's birth family has not only like taken us in as family but every time I've had another child they've taken my other children in Mm -hmm. as their own as well so like my third daughter, my third child is a daughter and her, those are her grandma and grandpa Randall those are his birth family's grandparents and aunties and everybody and they just just brought us right. Right. It was so blessed. And so because we had that experience when we were, went to adopt again, by then the church was like open adoptions only. And -hmm. they encouraged us to go, um, out into essentially what was adoption.com was kind of becoming a big Mm -hmm. thing. And, um, I felt really a really strong impression. They were going to have a fireside on it or a meeting for all the potential adoptive parents. Mm -hmm. And they, um, recommended that we have one of us at this meeting. And I was like, well, I'll just send my dad. Like, it's just an informational meeting. And I had a voice, like a, an inspiration, inspirational thoughts that you need to be at that meeting. And it was like in the Valley and I lived in Baghdad. It was a couple hours and I had a small child, but we just made it work. I just said, I need to be there. And I did, I was there. And in that meeting, they discussed the importance of parent profiles.com. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, that we were going to have to do that. And that was, we found our second child that way. And it was within a matter of months. Wow. When we went went to that meeting and from when we had our Logan. Logan. So, let's let's talk about Logan for a minute. Okay.
1: Are you okay with that?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Anything. All right. So, let's talk about Logan. So, Logan was our second. I say was. It's like weird. Yeah. I guess it's not weird if you're just hearing it for the first time. Logan is our second but when I'm talking about them in the past tense, it kind of makes it weird, but y'all know why in a minute. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork. No, I know. I People, love don't. People don't get that. I can just goof around about that stuff because it's, it's so heavy, but like, that's why it was given to me. Maybe. Cause I can, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I deal with the heavy, but I can make the stupid jokes. But, um, <clears throat> so Lola was, Six weeks preemie. His birth mom was not ready to place. Like she thought, I, I know she thought she had six more weeks to get ready to emotionally prepare herself to place. She wasn't in a, she wasn't doing it because she, because she really knew that she could or wanted to or needed to for him. She was desperately reliant upon her parents. Hmm. She was a, she was grown up. She was my age at this point. I think I was 28 or so. Gosh, that's so funny because now that I'm forty two, that sounds so young. Yeah. Now, we were we were grown ups. You know, we had mm-hmm. like children, and mm-hmm. but uh, she uh, was pregnant with her fourth boy, and um, she was relying on her parents, and she knew that she wasn't gonna be able to bring that baby home, and um, and so she found an adoption plan. She literally Googled Arizona adoption. What did she Google? Arizona Open Adoption or something like that, mm-hmm. and because the way the profiles worked, you can pay for a higher um, exposure, mm-hmm. and so we had paid for higher exposure. In fact, we had a Christmas, like a Christmas gift money from our parents-in-law, mm-hmm. my parents-in-law, and that's what we used that Christmas money for was the exposure, the high exposure, mm-hmm. and. um, um she Googled it. We were the first people that popped up and she liked our profile. And so she really, she was at that moment, I believe like she's probably going for the path of least, least resistance. Like she knew we were willing to do an open adoption. I, and we fit the criteria, whatever that was for her that Mm -hmm. that she had. So, um, but she's thought she had more time to prepare herself and she, she ended up with preeclampsia. So 34 weeks they induced her. And so we had to kind of like shift our whole, yeah, like getting ready for this baby business yeah. you know and so so how
1: far apart with um, Kenya and Logan they're
0: three and a half years apart almost okay. to the day just okay. a couple of days different okay yeah so look it's so funny Canyon was three and a half when we had Logan and um, Logan was an itty bitty five pound baby and um, he was in the hospital for two weeks in the NICU and because he couldn't do the suck swallow breathe mm-hmm. process very well but once he got it figured out they were ready to release him and we had some other conditions of our adoption that had come up, um, due to his birth and stuff. So the hospital wasn't going to release him to his birth mother. Um, and, um, it was just, it was a stressful, hard time. She, she really didn't want a place, but she felt that she, she had no other choice. And so mm. that was very difficult for her. And, um, and it was difficult for us because we just didn't know if we were going to mm-hmm. get to have him. Mean, you know, we're bonding with this baby. We want to bring him home. But you have this, like, protection shell yeah, kind of around sure. your heart. And so you don't... You don't want to get too attached. You don't, know, to attach, you don't but want you get like, to get too attached, but to, how, to, do you how do you not? Right, yeah. Which is ironic now that we're in this new little time of life that we're in. We're going to talk right? about in a minute. But um, so, yeah, we were thankfully able to bring him home and um, adopt him. And it was a really, really blessed blessed baby he was sick sickly kind of um but I remember feeling uh, oddly I remember feeling post-traumatic um after that experience and about six months or seven months later I was having um I had an inspirational thought where it was just like that all that was so hard but now it's time to enjoy him Mm -hmm. and so we was able to I was able to kind of shift my let go of that hard 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 part of bringing him home and enjoy this this blessing of a sweet oh, sweetest heart baby golden called him our scrawny little runt he was so tiny and he had these big old eyeballs big brown eyes and he just we just he just thought he's never going to grow into those eyes you know mm-hmm. and he did and he was just this precious beautiful boy so um canyon and him were tight and thick as thieves and logan i uh, just adored his brother Mm-hmm. and so Canyon went to kindergarten and Logan would watch the bus every single day. And he would, is Bubba coming home? Is that Bubba's bus? And, mm-hmm. um, so Logan and I had, th- well, let's see, from August to March together, like Canyon was at school and it was just him and me. So. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in March of 2009, so he was born in May of 26, 2006 in March of 2009. Um, we just, we just moved into a new place. And um, we still had like landscaping to do and things like that. Is that and the house that you just sold? No, this was still in Baghdad. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, he was nearly three and he wanted to go with his dad. And I had stuff going on at the house. I music practice for a thing for church and lots of people at my house. And Logan wanted to go with his dad. And I was like, that would help me out. like. Cause you know, when they're two, they need my mama all the time. Yeah. And, um, he said, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go with daddy. And I was like, that's perfect. Go with daddy. Cause, um, he had to go run an errand and, um, he went to go with his daddy and he sat on the little front porch and he put on his little shoesies, which he'd always got on the wrong feet up to this mm-hmm. point. His little Crocs. Always had him on the wrong feet. I would stop him and say, let's fix your feet. And he'd put him stop for a second and fix his feet. We well, got him on the right feet that time. And uh I was like, Good job, buddy, you did it you know, like for the first time really got his shoes on the right feet and you just think if that even those like five or six seconds it would have taken him to switch his feet if he'd gotten his feet shoes on the wrong feet. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when you Oh, fix your feet. Um, that would have saved his life. Just those few seconds because he walked out. He went out, his daddy didn't know he was following him out. So his daddy just hopped in the truck and pulled forward and we don't really know the mechanics of the accident specifically except that we believe that he ran around the back of the truck to go get it to, on his daddy's side of the truck because Golden was pulling forward out of our yard and um he fell somehow fell between the well well like the two wheels so the front tire was fine but the back tire Golden felt a bump and he's like what the heck and he stopped and stopped in the middle of the street and realized and he looked back and he saw, his, saw the baby. Oh my gosh, yeah, so, um, ugh, yeah, he yanked him up off the ground and ran in the house screaming and I had a of people on, um, nobody knew really what was happening except he was screaming, daddy was screaming, and, um, gosh, I haven't thought about that a long time, that sound. Mm-hmm. but it was evident that he was gone, um, <clears throat> my friend called nine one one. um, and at that point, I think it was a volunteer fire department still, and a volunteer EMS workers, and we had par- paramedics that were paid, that were on, on staff, but a lot of our friends and family, our friends from town were on the, on the department, and they all had, everybody had scanners in town, and police scanners, you know, small towns like that, and, um, we were just outside, like trying to, I mean, we were screaming, Golden just holding him and walking around the neighbor, like around our immediate neighborhood, just screaming and holding him, and it was so horrible. And, um, there were lots of children out around and playing, because it was just like on a regular like Wednesday afternoon, so we were just trying to corral the kids to keep, keep them away from the scene, and so they wouldn't be more traumatized, and, um, it it was, it was just so weird. It was so surreal. But I do, I remember this moment. I haven't thought of this in forever. They had Logan, the ambulance got there and they brought him into the ambulance and they they made us bring him in and set him down so they could check for vitals and different things. And I was sitting in the ambulance with Logan, even though I knew, I I knew he was dead. I mean, just the incident, just the, just, what's the word of it? Logistics. Yeah, but, like, it's, there's, like, a, anyway, there's a,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, mechanic of death, but it's not, that's not the right word. Mechanism? Mechanism of death, mm. I believe, is the right word, but I don't remember for sure. It's a, it's a paramedic term or whatever, but, anyway, when knew he was gone, but I was sitting in there in the ambulance with Logan, with an, a, a worker, and I heard, I heard a voice say you go to him like i had to leave logan and go to him go find golden because he was so distraught, so distraught and i just thought he's gonna hurt himself like i felt like he would and and that was my instruction in that moment was this like i've got this like logan's with me or logan's whatever but your job is to go to him. And so I went and I sat and I I couldn't get him to set set with me or settle down with me. Golden. He was kind of just like wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's what it was for real. And, um, I just sat on the curb and I just began praying, praying out loud for golden Mm -hmm. father, bless him, bless him. Like how am we going to do this? How are we going to do this? But I was so worried about him and he had suffered so much in his life at that, to that point, just so much loss and, and pain and uh, sickness and oh, just so much. And he was so tough that he had to live through so much. And I remember we were able to kind of like, over the next couple of hours, well, whatever time I'm, I might really know, but I remember going into the house and sitting on the couch and he was sitting there and, but then we had a few people that my bishop was there. My best friend's husband was our bishop and he'd come and um. Uh, I said, of all the things to happen in this life, I'm just so sorry it happened to him. Mm-hmm. Like of all people, Cause I, I mean, I was so sorry it happened to us, but I was, it was just not fair mm. that he had to carry that. You know, have that burden, carry that burden, and that was, it was horrible. So, um, that was March 4th, 2009. And, um, we buried him on March 11th. No. But his funeral on March 11th, and he was buried on March 14th. And we buried him in St. David, which was so far from our home Mm -hmm. at the time.
1: Why St. David?
0: Um, my in-laws were there, living there, and they were from there. And, you know, you don't even think about, like, where would you bury your child? There wasn't Mm a... There's not a, um cemetery there and mm. I didn't have any uh, I didn't have any emotional ties to Prescott at that time like mm-hmm. Mesa would have been not even appropriate because he was our little country boy you know mm-hmm. and so St. David was the only place that made any sense but it was also the only place that anyone recommended or suggested mm-hmm. and so it was just one of those things that came about it was like that felt right you mm-hmm. know and so same thing with our mortician like I, who do you who do you get and I didn't want I just know. some like I understand that that, like, people in the, in the, in this, um, funeral industry, everybody comes to these jobs with their own values and their own opinions and their own religious Mm -hmm. backgrounds. And I knew that whoever we asked to do the job would be respectful Mm -hmm. of our values. Mm -hmm. But I just, I like, I felt like I wanted someone that knew how important the gospel and the plan of Mm -hmm. salvation was to me to handle Mm-hmm. This for our family, and so I hadn't even considered or know that one of our old friends um, from college, so I think he's a roommate of Golden's, or at least a dorm a dorm mate of Golden's when they were in college a long, long time ago, was a friend of my brother in law, and he said, mm-hmm. Hey, I've just gotten off the phone with Justin, and he said he would, they could handle the funeral and I'm like what are you talking about and they said Justin is a funeral I mean a funeral I don't even know you're a ad- mortician mortician funeral director funeral, funeral, there you go. yeah and so what's what's odd is it's like you know how, like your family like when you have a guy mm-hmm. like oh my car broke down oh I have, I a, have guy. a guy yeah like when Golden died oh I have a guy like mm-hmm. I have a family funeral director. He's mm-hmm. in my phone. He's my friend, and he's taking care of me so 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 well. And you, we were talking today with a, a new friend, mm-hmm. um, a new friend to me. But your friend just lost her husband, and of just like just the pissing and moaning that can happen over mm-hmm. a funeral. I I didn't have that experience. I felt so blessed and so. Yeah. Anyway, so. I took care Logan for us. And then, when we lost Golden, I took care of Golden. So. so let me ask you, so
1: how did
0: Golden work through that? Oh my gosh, he, for one, I, I was, he'd kill me for saying this because it, it was embarrassing, I think, to him that this had to happen. He was not happy that I did this He didn't feel it was necessary, but I did. Mm -hmm. I called a dude friend of ours and I said, you come over to this house and you get every single gun that we have out of this house. And I don't want to see him again Mm -hmm. until he's stable or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, just, he always felt like, he always felt like death by suicide was a selfish act, Mm -hmm. but he also never struggled with really truly with depression or, you know, mental, mental disorder, illness, yeah. mental health mm-hmm. concerns, or, um, I, I come from the thought where I think, I think our heavenly father knows us so well that he will always consider where we're at with things. But, um, in a situation like that, I just didn't want him to even have access to it in mm-hmm. case it was a split decision. Cause I know that happens too, mm-hmm. especially in grief. And so, um, he, he, oh gosh, he took time off of work. Um. I, I don't even remember, like, I don't even, to be honest, it's like, how did we get through that? I have no idea. I We must have just been carried through yeah. it because it doesn't make sense that you was can. he Was he vocal about his grief? Did um. he work, talk to you about ways. it? And I had journaling at that time, from that time, where, and I went to counseling. I started going to counseling a couple of weeks later and so, some of my journaling is is to where i felt like he just he just didn't know what to do with himself mm-hmm. or with me right and so me going to counseling for him was like he could sense the cost involved mm-hmm. even though we had very generous people and that's kind of what what we were able to decide about it is that yes people were generous to us and cuz when people don't know what to do they don't know what to do and this only thing they feel like they can do is give funds mm-hmm. and so we had a fund um funds that were set up for us for donations from mm-hmm. someone and it was before GoFundMe mm-hmm. was a thing and mm-hmm. um we were able to pay for his funeral with it and set up a scholarship with it for him in his name and um but uh, I, I, at that time I was using funds for counseling basically mm-hmm. and did it affect your marriage? It did in a way, but I mean, of course it did. But the one thing I'm so grateful for that I learned in counseling was that um, we were grieving in different ways and it yeah. was going to affect us in different ways and that if I could give him the space to grieve mm-hmm. in his own way, understand that, he, that I was doing it my way mm-hmm. he was doing it in his way. And we had friends and family that were really concerned about us because the uh, divorce rate among family, I was just going to say, of children is really, really, really high. high. Mm-hmm. And so we had friends and, and a one cousin in particular who they were just like, we have got to rally these kids and keep them strong in the gospel. And they met us at the temple a couple of times because they lived in another part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going and meeting up at the temple a couple of times and, um, We just... I don't know how we did it. I mean, I loved him. I didn't feel like he had any responsibility in this. Mm -hmm. I felt like this happened to him. But I also felt... I had some deep spiritual experiences wherein I feel like um, he agreed to be part of this. Mm -hmm. Because Logan wasn't meant to be on this earth a very long time Mm. I feel like his spirit was really special I feel like him and Jesus Christ have a special 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 friendship and that Logan needed to come to earth gain a body gain a family and give us joy for that time that he was here and that he had to have a way home and that I feel like I feel like golden agreed to be before this life. I, and, and that sucks, but someone had to be the one to say, I'll do this. Just like Mm -hmm. Christ. He had Mm -hmm. someone had to be the one to say, I will, I will take this on, you know, and live with the, live with the hurt and pain of this experience. And so I never blamed him. I didn't feel like there was anything. In fact, I blamed myself because I let him run out the door without checking, you know, like just checking how close his daddy, we were in a new house at the old house. I was, I, I, I knew how long it took to get from the front door to the vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that, that are just, I was hard, hard, hard on myself for because I wasn't diligent, but I look back and I think, I just didn't know, like, mm-hmm. and I was, I was busy and I had people at the house and I just, it's, It's, like, all the things, you know, that you wish you could change Mm -hmm. so many, so many. I
1: think think that anyone who goes through a loss, you think, what could we have done different? Oh, yeah. You know, I think about that with Matt. Like, what if we would have done the chemo and the radiation at the same time? Right. Would he still be alive? Right. You know, like, there's... You know, I mean, like, my friend Valerie lost her husband. She's like, what if I would have gone up to bed sooner? Mm-hmm. He'd still be alive. Yeah. You know? I think we all do that. Yeah. <sighs> so, um... Have we...
0: Have I told you this whole story before?
1: No. I mean, you, really? I mean, like, you've told me, like, a little bit. Sure. Of, but not, like, this much detail.
0: Yeah. I haven't... I don't think So I've... I'm, like, over here, like, crying. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so As now, What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Pull it together. <laughs> I was telling a new friend last night my story about Golden, and he's like, yeah, Yo, you were able to like tell the story without, you know, mm-hmm. with strength and and like you're not really emotional and stuff." And I'm like, "You've told the story hundreds of times." It's because you've told the story over and over mm-hmm. and over, and it's your story. Yeah. But hearing it for the first time, I understand that it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it is literally it is literally a parent's worst nightmare it really is and it has happened to us and i'm i'm sitting here telling about it i, I don't know it's just it's just so weird what we're able to live through mm-hmm. you know that scripture i'm i'm not like i'm not really good at quoting scripture but i can do all things through christ who strengthened me mm-hmm. or how does that go you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i sound like a reader. It's like in the new testament isn't it Probably maybe it's Old Testament. I don't know, but yeah, I do love that. New Testament, but anyway, it's like I'm not. People, especially as a widow, like you get this all the time. Oh, you're so strong. Oh, I don't know how you do it. Doesn't that bug you? Yeah, I'm not strong. I freaking don't have a choice. Right, you just do it. And guess what makes me strong lifting the heavy weight every dang day. Like you don't have a choice no, to be strong. You just do it. You have people and children and jobs and a home to run. That they rely on you. And you know, what interestingly, like when we lost Logan, I feel like, cause Canyon was six, six and just a few months old. Mm-hmm. Um, almost six and a half. When we lost Logan, I feel like Canyon saved Golden's life. Gave him when he came home from purpose. work. Gave him purpose, yep. Mm. They were, they became best buddies. And probably to a to degree where it was maybe unfair to Canyon because he, he just didn't have anywhere else to put his grief, like mm-hmm. to put his attentions and, you know. Uh, but because of that, you know, Canyon was one-on-one with his dad a lot. And um, so he was six when we lost Logan. Well, then when I lost Golden, when we lost Dad our daddy Aisley was six mm-hmm. barely Was she six yeah she was barely yeah, six because she's just barely turned yeah and so she
1: became mine
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I couldn't and, and I became my mom so my dad died
0: yeah yeah my mom was just telling Valerie about that today you were 15
1: mm-hmm hmm
0: were you the oldest girl youngest and your bigger
1: sisters were the out of the house Um. Kirk and Bridget were out, and Wendy, she was still in the house, but not too long after that, she moved out.
0: Mm-hmm. God, that hard. So been hard. Yeah. Maybe she was
1: already out by then.
0: So you were, like, home alone with Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so having easily, like, it would have been, uh, truly, the struggles I have with Canyon, I think some of that has got to be because I just didn't have any idea what I was doing, and I mean, I'm two years out, and I still don't have any idea. I know. Time, but I know. You think you, you think you make sense. You think it makes sense mm-hmm. when it's happening. Mm-hmm. The decisions you're making, you feel like you're trying to make. with are doing the best thing you can... and that you're yeah. trying to be inspired, and that all these things, and then you realize, like, I'm just floundering, you know. Uh-huh. And half the time, I still feel that way. Oh, I know. But at the time you just think this makes sense. This was the decisions I'm making. This is what's, you know, mm-hmm. this is this situation I'm in. These are the circumstances I'm mm-hmm. in and I'm going to make these decisions now. And, and sometimes you make stupid, idiot decisions. You just, but part of, part of the, the growth is being gracious with yourself, allowing yourself to make stupid decisions and forgive yourself. I think, I remember, I've been writing in my journals, like, please just, please, Golden, forgive me for all of the mistakes I'm making. because, I know. Like, I know he has this perspective that I don't have. I know. Even in life, he had a perspective I don't have. Yeah. Of course, you know, everybody does. But I, I just think, please just forgive me for being this person that I have become. Mm-hmm. This uh, idiot girl that it's just... to survive, you know, but truly like poor blood. I mean, I maybe, I don't know the poor Canyon, but blessed Canyon that Aisley was there because had she not been, I don't know if I, I might've checked out. I'm, I don't know though. I don't Mm -hmm. know because it's not really who I am or how I am, but Mm -hmm. now at that time you never know. You know, it makes me think, um,
1: so I interviewed my friend that is going through a horrible divorce. Her ex is just abusive. And um and just talking to her and she was just saying that she was just numb for so many years. Oh. I mean, and she's still not even divorced yet. Right. It's still it's been like two and a half years and it's still oh being drugged out and and the way she described feeling numb, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's me. I am still numb. Wow. You know? Like, I don't feel like I've let myself fully feel and grieve, you know? Well,
0: you have four, four little
1: boys and right. mama
0: all the time. You know?
1: And I am numb to um, sometimes to to just so many things, like my own feelings and them and just there's so much that goes into it. It
0: really is. It's overwhelming. And it's almost like maybe it's a safety mechanism,
1: right? Yeah. Your body or your
0: bond, your mind or your spirit just says you can't handle it all right now. Yeah. Something's got to give shut down. Yeah. I don't know. Children have children have a really, the way their brains are developing still.
1: So how long after losing Logan, did you guys get Aisley. easily?
0: Um, it was two and a half years after we lost Logan that we adopted easily. So he was, he died in uh, March, 2009, and we had her November, 2011. And her adoption was blessed. It was beautiful. It was so amazing. I remember we we left the caseworker's office when we signed papers, and, and it was just like, we felt like Logan had just, like, basket delivered this baby to her home. I mean, it wasn't without fear that we did it, I mean, I was so scared to do it. I was like, my initial reaction was I will never ask another woman to give a baby away because I knew the grief of loss, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't experienced before. And it took me a long time in this process to appreciate that that the loss of an infant to adoption, the grief that a birth mother Mm -hmm. goes through, is very different than the grief of losing a child to death in that the, the grief of the mother that's placing a child they're giving their child a life that they could never offer mm-hmm. whereas when you lose one you're you're losing them to death and so it was in I, the life that you had hoped for mm-hmm. I mean absolutely and so not only we have not only did we just lose our child his birth mother who had given us this baby and entrusted him to us had lost like what she thought she was going to provide for him this life and we couldn't provide that i thought there's no way i'm asking another woman to do the same and to trust another child to us who we who we in in at our time at that time in our mind was neglected to the point of death it was it was horrifying to imagine having to ask and explain it to another person and to say yes this happened but we really are good people and we would love another baby it's just it's asinine it's totally ridiculous at that time to think yeah. that I could but so it took a while and a lot of prayer and blessings in our life to get to where we knew it was going to be okay and that and the it's just the truth it's like the right person the right ex- <laughs> there's parallels here but when the when the child that's supposed to come into your home is coming Heavenly Father opens the pathways so that that can happen so that hearts are softened forgiveness is given where it's not even really necessary but like this beautiful young 16 year old girl she's 15 when she was found out she's expecting had this heart in her soul that would allow her to listen to our story and say, I know this was an accident. It was a freak accident and there's no blame in this. Mm -hmm. And I believe this, this child is supposed to come to your family Mm. and for her to be the vessel for that was amazing. She's a special girl. And her, Aisley's daddy, birth daddy is special boy. Like, they both, now they're in their early 20s, in their mid-20s almost. It's just, yeah, it's just a really good relationship with them, as That's you know. amazing, but yeah. yeah. My kids have really good relationships with their birth families. And um, they take them on trips and have them for weekends and, you know. That's so That's neat. Really special,
1: yeah. That's really special. Oh, my gosh. So, um, Aisley is just the hmm. cutest little girl. She's, she's turned eight she got she's
0: baptized. Turned, yep. a she's week so ago. cute. Actually, today's Saturday. She's full of sass and spunk. She's sassy and. <laughs> so cute. She is just the best. <laughs> she's been shuffle ball changing. <laughs> like, Do <did> you notice <laughs> this? <laughs> so she's in tap uh-huh. and she has a performance coming up. Uh-huh. And um, her tap, tap instructor told the girls they needed to practice their shuffle ball changes mm-hmm. and their buffalo steps and their one other step. Great, fine. I gotta I gotta get her on that mm-hmm. and um because she's gonna be in a in a parade next Saturday mm-hmm. and she's gonna tap dance her way through this literally, literally through this whole parade so let's think the next Saturday I should come up but I think will. um yeah so she's been when she's standing still she's doing shuffle ball changes and, I love like so totally cute. unconsciously too it's she's. cute
1: this one time she sent me a marco polo of her dancing <laughs> I didn't <laughs> she, know she didn't even know <laughs> So she and turns just, on,
0: doesn't she? Turn on the music on the uh, iPad, and, yes. and then she set up the phone to Marco Polo video uh-huh. herself and tap. Oh, did this big dance like it
1: was like hip hop. Like it was just her, like she was and feeling the music in her little like, hands and sassy hands and like, oh my gosh! I just oh. sat there and just laughed. I'm like, this is and she flings incredible. her hair a lot. you yeah. notice? Yeah, she, she does. Her hair she's when like she she's like this little mini teenager.
0: Oh my, gosh, she's so cute. worst. Yeah, I love she's that a, girl. She's a blast. She loves your boys so hard. Oh, when are we going to the Bessie boys? Are the Bessie boys going to be there? Maybe,
1: that, maybe that she'll marry one of my boys. <gasps> Let's make that happen. Okay, but can I pick which one? <laughs> do you want Neston, huh? No. <laughs> I want <I> Neston. <laughs> A little bit of an age gap, but... I do you know, She's four, four years, years older than him.
0: It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> 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 I'm not having any other kids, so...
1: <laughs> so... So Beck has this special bond with my son Heston. Oh yeah. I do. And oh my gosh, I love
0: that. You them. tell
1: you tell that little special bond.
0: I tell I'm i I'm getting like, sick of the sound of my own voice. No, it's good. I wanna hear it from your perspective. Okay.
1: So I had weight loss surgery, um back in June. June. And so Beck had come down just to help out. Like my mom took me to the hospital and I was gonna be in the hospital for like was I in there for like two days? I don't think you were there. I mean maybe I, two days, but a day or two. I had two. to leave
0: before you came home.
1: Yeah. But she took care of the kids for me and helped out and
0: um and so
1: <laughs> I think he we Marco just, followed me.
0: We had just become like really friends in friends. real life. Right. We had Marco Polo friends for like us like a and month like we or would like we would like
1: weeks. literally Marco Polo like all day. When's Holly or when's um Pesty's birthday? Twentieth? His June ninth, June nineteenth.
0: Okay, so yeah.
1: No, so, that's that's great. He's June eighth.
0: So it was only a couple of weeks. Like yeah,
1: we became friends over Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, that's crazy. I know, and we just became like this instant uh-huh. like, cause we had Marco Polo like all day, all day, and
0: then I'd be like, why aren't we just FaceTiming? <laughs> at I know. This point.
1: It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, when I was in the hospital, like, and yeah, I don't. I, I, I that's all kind of like a blur to me because sure. I was so out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, But I just remember getting a Marco Polo and you're like, you're putting him to bed and you're like, your mommy's in the hospital, so I'm going to be your mommy while your mommy's in the hospital. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and so according to Heston, Beck is his other mom. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to tell you how, how I remember ha- How you remember happened. it. So you guys came up to my house the day before his fourth birthday, right? You got there the oh, night before. yeah. And I didn't really even realize it was his birthday that weekend somehow, at the moment, and we went out. It was dark, and we were going out to the car to get something, and um, and we we're just walking, and I barely knew your kids like right. at all. I knew this you. This is
1: probably like our one of our very first times coming up there.
0: Yeah, it was your first time. Yeah, and they they come up, and we're walking to the car, and it's dark outside, and so we're holding hands, and I said, "Careful," because you know we live out in the country, like I lived on Anchorage and stuff. Careful, we live out in the country, has yes, been like. Make sure that a rabbit doesn't get you or whatever. I mean, never what we were talking about, but mm-hmm. I think your boys are like scared of badgers or something out there. Mm-hmm. And Heston's like, "I'm not scared. I'm a freaking savage." Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a freaking I'm a
1: savage. Freaking savage. Sa- savage. 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 Oh <laughs> my gosh, my
0: heart just went. <laughs> what did you say? He said it again, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I love this child."
1: And the thing with Heston, is that he has these brown eyes mm-hmm. that like, oh my gosh, they like just seep into your soul, soul. and. He, they're like these piercing brown eyes and they just melt you. And like, I, I do love him. Oh my gosh. So that was Friday night. Yeah. Saturday
0: was his birthday. Mm-hmm. If I remember. And we went hiking and it might've been a Thursday to a Friday. Oh, was
1: it Grace's birthday? Did we no, go, Cause I you came can... back for grace. Oh yeah. That's right. Cause then he wanted to go. Yeah. That's that was right. his birthday trip. Okay.
0: So then we came down here and I came Sunday and you were having surgery Monday if I remember right. So Sunday morning we're getting ready for for church, I'm like so literally I, I had like,
1: surgery June tenth.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's a couple days after his yeah, birthday. Yeah. I. This is how it's so funny to me. Like when I tease about like single white female because I like oh. <laughs> came to your house like <laughs> like you came to my house for two days uh-huh. and then I came to your house yeah. and like moved in for right. two days and like I'm in are doing your my makeup in your bag. And we, have, we both got like the same
1: shorty robe. A fun, fun. box with the same robe. I die for and...
0: it. And when I come here, I always wear hers. Yep. Because I don't even have to pack she just, mine. She could just come over yeah. and like. That's how we just... kind of figured out we were so much the same. Like, I
1: came and the, into her bathroom and like spray, we have the same like Tanner. Yeah. <laughs> like it's
0: so, it's so the best. Uh... I am so oh, so fun, but. I told Hesse he was laying on the bed or he had come in the bed. It was Sunday morning. We're going for church. And I said, Heston, I have something serious to talk to you about. I'm granted. We would know. He'd known me for two days. But Heston have something serious to talk to you about. Now that you're four, you have two moms. It happens (laughs) when you turn four. And now I'm your other mom and you have to call me mom too. And he's like, really? I'm like, yes. He's like, okay. Okay, mom. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. And so, like, <laughs> I was so fun. Because even when I'm here, like, there's been a couple times I've been here with just him, like, working. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mom. Hey, Mom. Yeah, he Mom. does. And I'm like, babe, your mom's not here. Oh, what? He's talking <laughs> to me. It's
1: so Oh, he's so cute. So I love it. And, and always... I think that, like, your little bond, bond and love for him just... I think you've told me before that he yeah. just kind of reminds you of Logan at that age. Yeah.
0: Every little four year, two to four year old boys are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Will always be my favorite. Yeah. And But he just, he just sucked right up onto my, my soul, my heart. I just, yeah. oh,
1: and even I like, like I, when I had my friend Tiffany came over, I did her hair and we did the podcast and he was, they had been waiting like all day for you to come. Oh, and I oh, only not yeah. know like when you were coming. And so yeah, he's Becky's like, Man, never never I was here. here. <laughs> and then it was Tiffany. He's like, Oh, he was so bummed it wasn't you. Oh
0: my heck! He's I love so him. Cute. I and then to it's because like
1: sometimes he'll he will completely disregard me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mom, I'm not you. Not you, and I'm like talking to my other mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Holly's heart's like breaking. But
1: if it was anybody else, I'd be like get out How of my rude. life. No, <laughs> and then there's me. I'm like single wife. You. <laughs> hey,
0: what did you wear? And What you got in that closet of yours?
1: <laughs> me. Oh, my goodness. So, um, how do we get on that subject of Heston and...
0: Aisley. We are talking about how sweet Aisley was. Oh, who to marry. We want them to marry each other,
1: yeah. And that's Heston. That's <laughs> <Not laughs>
0: Heston. <laughs> there you go. That's the story behind that. That's my boy, Hesley Bessie.
1: All right. Okay. So, um, let's backtrack a little bit. Okay.
0: To two years ago. Almost. Yeah. It'll be almost two years uh-huh. Christmas. Yeah. So, we just have celebrated our 19th anniversary. Um we had had to move out of baghdad two years prior (laughs) and uh we lived in chino valley and golden was working for um drake cement at that point he was he just switched schedules or switched crews he was in a different part of this of the cement plant because he had he had kind of worked his way up in Baghdad at the mine mm-hmm. to where he was no longer doing happy to do labor stuff. I and mean, he was always getting in the trenches with his crew, but mm-hmm. he was never, he was a manager. And so when we went, when we lost our position, we moved, he had to kind of start from scratch. And at that point I started working as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I, prior to that, I was just a stay, I was not just a stay at home mom, but I was able to be a stay at home mom and have my own hobbies and actually have my own little craft business that I was really successful with and stuff. And so when we moved to Chino, I had to go to work and thankfully was blessed with a job where I could work from home and learn the job on the job training, working in mortgage. And so, um, he, it was Christmas time. He had, um, gone to work, worked a really long week, uh, worked a lot of hours on Thursday, surpassed his 40 hours for the week. And, um. Didn't get home until real late, like ten thirty, eleven at night. He'd been working since about six o'clock in the morning, 6.30, something like that. And he came home and he wasn't sleeping well. And then I hadn't been feeling well, so I went, I had Aisley in bed with me. So she's five, six, barely six. Girl. And uh, she's, wild, she's a wiggly one and stuff. And so we didn't really get great sleep that night. But normally I wouldn't have even noticed he got out of bed. But he woke up and he's like, man, I didn't sleep good at all. And I'm sorry, honey, you know, and he's like, yeah, well, I'll just go check in at work. I'm sure they'll just send me right home. Cause I already have my 40 hours and, but the, the extra hours he'd put in wasn't on his crew. And so it was mm-hmm. his, a different boss. So uh, he just want to make sure that he was, cause it was a new crew and new bosses. And anyway, so he came around to bed and kissed us goodbye. And he, he always had this fun, cute thing he always said about Aisley and me. He'd say, my two favorite girls. Like, he'd, mm-hmm. like, raise his voice and say, oh, my two favorite girls. And so, I don't know that he said that specifically, but that's, like, that's how the feeling was when he left. Mm-hmm. Like, goodbye, my two favorite girls. You know, I'll see you in a little bit or whatever. And so, um, that was at six, about 6 in the morning, 5.30 or so in the morning. And... Um, I usually went to yoga at eight on Fridays and I didn't go that day. just cause I hadn't been really been feeling good the night before. And so I just stayed in bed and there was a knock on the door and it was a police officer and, mm. and, uh, my kids were home and they're like, mommy, there's police at the door. And I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. But and I was like, Hmm, it's a dog out. Like, and then I did that check where I was like, Oh, like, where's my family? You know, that immediate, like, where's my family check? And I was like, okay, the only person that's not here is golden. And, so the police officer said, do you, um, do you, are you related or do you have a family member? I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but, um, golden brimhole. And I said, well, of course, yeah, that's my husband. And I, and he, and he said, um, I don't remember exactly, but I knew that, that that's all, it's all it could be. You know, that he'd mm-hmm. been in Iraq. He, he said, I'm I'm sorry to say he's been in an accident. And I said, I, I don't remember if I said, is he alive? Or if I said, how bad is it? Or any of those things, but he said, um, he's been life flighted. And I remember when they said that, I was like, oh freaking crap. Because Logan was life, he had to be life flighted. Mm-hmm. But he had been life flighted at Flagstaff Medical. And, um. How far is Flagstaff from you? For me, it's about an hour and 40. Okay. Um from where the accident was by driving, you know, hour and 20, but they flew him obviously. And so um, they didn't know his condition. They mm. they didn't know anything. The, the the police that came to our house weren't the police on the scene. He didn't have his wallet. They had to find out who he was based on the registration of the vehicle mm. called the called the city and the city came to me. So it was a different department even that came. And so they didn't didn't know any details at all except that he was life-flighted to Flagstaff Medical. They didn't know how bad it was. They didn't know his condition, anything. Just that it was bad enough that it had to be life -life. Was it December 14th or 15th? -hmm. December 15th, nineteen. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 2017. Yeah. So, um, he got to Flagstaff and they did, uh, MRIs and CTs and stuff right away because he was unconscious and he had traumatic brain injury and he also had had um, cervical and lumbar spine fractures, rib fractures gash in his head well essentially what happened was he was just driving his little truck to work we don't actually know for sure if he fell asleep but the mechanics of the accident it seems as if he fell asleep mm. and wasn't wearing a belt and so when he wrecked um, he actually like hit this little like berm and it kind of just tossed him around so he was basically tossed around inside the cab of his truck and had a p- traumatic brain injury as well as other broken bones and stuff but so that was december 15th they took him in a, a, It was a tra- i don't know what how the they s- level one trauma or whatever but they have a p- pretty good trauma center and a pretty good icu and and stuff like that in the hospital there which is such a blessing because <laughs> Interestingly, our brother-in-law and sister, Golden's best sister and closest to him and to me as well, and her husband, Tom, are, um, they live in Winslow, which is east of Flagstaff. So it's mm-hmm. basically on the other side from where we're at. And, um, they're our number one go-to. We have emergency. We call them. Golden has mm-hmm. always felt that way about them. And, and I do now <laughs> rely so heavily on them. hmm but um, they met us there, and Tom happens to be chief of medicine in Winslow, and so he's mm-hmm. you know very really knows so so much, but he's able to explain things, and he's just been a huge blessing in our life. But so we were able to meet them. But do you know what the weird thing is? When we walked into that emergent, into the trauma ICU, and Golden was sea collared and broken up and all of the trauma that comes from an accident mm-hmm. like that. Um, we walked in, and I and I didn't freak out at the sight, and I I felt like the only reason I didn't was because I'd seen Logan in that state. I mean, in Golden, Logan was gone, you know, mm-hmm. but having seen my child in that severe of a trauma traumatic state prepared me for seeing golden mm-hmm. in that way it was just it was just it's just interesting so much that i feel like came from learning that i learned from losing logan mm-hmm. prepared me for losing golden which is just the weirdest it's a really surreal thing to yeah, think about sure and say that and you know people losing your husband is horrible and And it is, and it changes, it changes every, every aspect of your life, Mm -hmm. every facet of your life. But it's different than losing a child, but I felt like losing Logan prepared me. So, such a weird thing prepared me, but I don't know. Mm. So he didn't do well, didn't, did not recover, and um, essentially, eventually had, um, gotten ARDS, which is, I believe it's adult respiratory distress syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is essentially, you know, there's no coming back. Mm -hmm. And so, and he wasn't well. So it was Christmas day when we knew it was going to be his last day. Christmas Eve night, they called me really, really late. And I, I had finally gone home to be with the kids for Christmas morning. Yeah, that was the plan and we decided on the whim to do Christmas Christmas Eve night mm-hmm. and then we were just going to pack up in the morning and go to Flagstaff and be up there to be close to him and they called me I mean maybe 1130 or 12 at night and they said you need to come back he's not he's not going to survive he's not going to survive the night basically it could mm-hmm. be tonight it could mm-hmm. be tomorrow mm-hmm. and um but you need to be here and so we had such good 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 friends like just I feel like we were held in the palms of their hands They came and took care of my kids other friends drove me to Flagstaff another husband of that one of my friends followed them me followed us in my car so that I would have a car up there mm-hmm. and all of this in the middle of the night on Christmas just oh, such good you know people people I have friends that have, don't mm-hmm. have support from their friends yeah. and family and their ward and things like that I didn't, I've never felt that way. I feel like mm. they were just always there and supporting us and loving us and helping us. So he, we had, from about midnight, um, we gave it a few hours and called. Then we started calling our family, called my parents and his parents and brothers and sisters and a couple of aunts and uncles that were really close with us. And I told them that we were... Gonna be losing him that day, and that if they had any way to get there, so everybody lo- you know left their Christmases and came, and the the staff at the hospital were just amazed at the number of people that had mm-hmm. come that day, and and you know the staff never met him, like you know they cared mm-hmm. for him, but they never met him. They didn't mm-hmm. know his personality, but. They knew by he special. the people that were there and the stories we told and the laughing and the crying and the antics we told them he did. Mm-hmm. And they just knew he was special and, and I was kind of sad they didn't really know him, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't know what, they didn't know what they were caring for, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. I think I've heard, I've heard them say just because of the love the family had and we were there. They, they, they knew what kind of guy he was you know, mm-hmm. special guy so. Yeah. so Christmas day I finally I said forget it, I'm not going to protect his broken ribs anymore and I'm not going to try to not jostle him anymore because to that point he had broken neck broken back, you know, broken ribs and if he was going to recover we didn't want to mess with any of that stuff, I didn't and so finally that day I just crawled up in that hospital bed and I laid with him laid and laid and laid with him on him snuggled him, cried on him I kissed every inch of his skin that I could, you know, when I was alone I kissed his hands up his arm across his neck and other arm and just talked to him and said goodbye you know, 20 years gosh, yeah (sighs) he died at about 7 o'clock that night and uh, it was hard, everybody was it's just tough. I
1: don't know about your experience, you know, with, with the way that Matt died. Was it a long time from when they turned off the machines? Not
0: really. Um, so with him, it was... Um, so they couldn't turn off the ventilation within so many hours of after they've turned off other medications. Mm-hmm. One of those medications they were allowed to turn off before. It's just the way the rules and the laws are written mm-hmm. and the rules, I don't know if it was laws or if it's hospital rules or what, but the, where the, the bylaws are written, you can't just take them off the air. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they have to have certain things take place. Well, one thing they were allowed to take him off of without, cause there's an anti, there's a paralytical, it had something to do with the paralytical medicine medication they'd mm-hmm. given him. So anyway, what they were able to turn off was his blood pressure medication. Mm mm-hmm. And when they did that, started seeing his decline pretty mm-hmm. rapidly. So it was maybe a couple hours from when they did that to when he passed away, yeah. yeah. So, oh, so that was Christmas Day. I told my sister, I'm like, dude, now I'm the 40-year-old widow whose husband died on Christmas Day. And she goes, oh, but Beck, you can ride that the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm like wow.
1: Play that card, good. Dang it. <laughs> I mean, did it, did that ruin Christmas for you?
0: Honestly, I don't know. We've only had one Christmas without him, and my sister and brother-in-law, same brothers, mm-hmm. they they're broken-hearted, and they pulled out all the stops for us last year. We went to their home. All their kids were home. Everybody's just spoiled us and loved on us mm-hmm. and we talked about him and they were brokenhearted. I mean, they still are, mm-hmm. and they just. So I don't know what this Christmas is gonna look like. I know. I feel like it's kind of like the
1: the first, you know, big, mm-hmm. you know, holidays or anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. people come in and take care of you, right? And then it just kind of
0: slowly down. dies off. And I think that's natural because yeah. you know you start to be kind of you able to that. carry it a mm-hmm. little better. Yeah. And I'm blessed that we've had people mm-hmm. all along the way carry mm-hmm. and help and yeah. love and Same. I haven't ever felt neglected by my people. I've yeah. Yeah. so we've been blessed in so many ways. And and what that does is it reminds me to always try to be that for other
1: people. Too. Yes, that's you know what? That that is so true. Like that's the one thing that I've probably learned the most after losing a mat is You just are more compassionate and you just,
0: um, I don't know, like. It's almost like you have credentials now to jump in, in the trench with that person. Yeah, And if you don't have the same experience.
1: It doesn't have to be the same. It's just the
0: fact that you get it. Yeah. You know what it's like. And the thing is, it's grief and pain and terror and yeah, you can't believe this is your life and all these things. That's not specific to losing a husband. That's, that's true for all kinds of loss, you know? So I think it's, it kind of is a refining. I don't know. I hate that. I kind of hate that like Mm -hmm. word or like, Oh, you're in the refiner's fire and you're going to come out like pure gold or whatever the bull crap is. I'm (laughs) like, listen here, buddy. I'm freaking just doing the best I can do. And if I can help anybody uh-huh. while along the way, uh-huh. high five to us because we're surviving this uh-huh. bullcrap. Uh-huh. You like how I'm being really careful not to swear?
1: I know. Good job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> this is a family friendly show. Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. <laughs> wow, she's a really great girl. She's a really great Mormon girl. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Awesome. That's like one of my favorite lines ever. Uh-huh. And I don't know if she coined it, but it was in a movie. It was in a book. Rachel Hollis wrote a book mm-hmm. called Girl, Wash Your Face. Mm-hmm. You know I haven't it? read it. It's so cute. It's good. I've heard it. And then good. girls stop apologizing. But yeah. anyways, one of my favorite lines is just like, listen, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Yeah. This is kind of how I introduce myself yeah. sometimes to people. Because I'm For like, sure. I really am a good girl. Like, swear hand to God, I'm a good girl. But I cuss a little.
1: <laughs> Same girl, same. Same. That's why we're
0: such good friends. <laughs> <That's> true.
1: <coughs> so now let's talk about, um, you know, so you you go through losing Golden and having to all of a sudden just take on everything all at once.
0: So I've always been pretty independent,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we have to the cattle ranch, um, then he, he was, he would be gone upwards of a week, you know, here and there, Mm -hmm. you know, But we always had some kind of communication, whatever, but he always was coming home, you know? And so it was, I remember a couple months later, I was just like, okay, I'm done. Like I'm done being without him. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to, he's supposed to come home Mm -hmm. and And the annoying crap of having to be the parent that handles the hard things and Mm -hmm. like, this, and you really need to talk to your son because of this and this, you know? Right. Like that's when it starts, I think, to kind of Mm -hmm. settle in. Oh yeah. They're not coming home and you're going to have to handle this bull crap. And like, like there's just days you just want to run away. It's true. I want to hide. Yeah. And I did, I had such good people, but it's true. It's like, I missed having that other person that would, help with the kids mm-hmm. or gosh, now I'm the only driver. I mean and that sounds like stupid, but like so it takes up a lot drive. of your time yeah. having to run the errands and so it would be so helpful if I was mm-hmm. at work specifically and Golden was off and Canyon was off a of football practice, one of us needed to go get him, suddenly it's me. Like I'm at work and he needs a ride and I don't want to have to call everybody every single day to do yeah. that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's things like that that's that you're just like, gosh dang it and I remember I remember Times where I would just be upset, and like the kids would be bickering, or one of them would mouth off, or whatever, mm-hmm. and I would just sit in the kitchen and sob. And a couple times, you know, Canyon would Canyon would come in and he would kind of put his arm around me and say, "Sorry, Mom," and like pat my shoulder. and Didn't know he didn't really know what to do. You I know, mean, he's a fifteen year old mm-hmm. kid. I mean, yeah. gosh, he didn't know what to do with his his emotions either. Mm-hmm. None of us do. Yeah, there's a lot
1: of really big emotions <clears throat> that. Even, like, as yeah. adults, I don't know how to handle. So imagine
0: a teenager and then young children. Well, look at you, right? Yeah. So, like, somehow it escaped me in our first several months of friendship that... And you probably told me, but it just didn't stick, stick with me, that you lost your dad when you were that young. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, now I know more about... Because your podcast, I know mm-hmm. more about your story, but, I mean, that's kind of odd that I learned it from your podcast, mm-hmm. but... Um, The details, I suppose, is what you know more that I learned. So, just kind of recognizing that you were the same age Canyon was, Mm -hmm. you're fifteen, right? Yep. Just the strangeness of that suddenly being without a dad, and
1: Mm -hmm. so like my dad was different than Golden, right? You know, my dad was not a. He was. I mean, we talked about this in the podcast. How you know, fatherhood is very different. Um, now versus 20 years ago. That's
0: true. Yeah.
1: You know, I like, mean, so true. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm sure there was lots of really great dads who were like very hands on, but like my dad just wasn't like, mm-hmm. he didn't know how to show his emotions and he just was not a, I want this. You so can me. have it. I'm just <laughs> This is what happens when we sit in Holly's closet. We're in the closet. <laughs> like, Oh, that's a really great <laughs> pillow. I want like it. You can it. have it, seriously. No, I'm, it's pretty for fall. It's not orange. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, my dad was just very different. So, I can imagine, you know, how I can't imagine how Golden, mm-hmm. sorry, Canyon, Canyon dealt with Golden's death. Yeah, you know when Golden was a very good hands-on dad. He
0: was hands-on. They spent a lot of one-on-one time together. Yeah, what it was a gift. Hard on him. But a gift. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I know, it's like one of those, it's a blessing and a curse, because yeah. then Canyon knows what he's missing, mm-hmm. you know, but Canyon uh, has struggled, and it's like, everyone's like, oh, how are the kids, that's the thing, even today, when we sat with Valerie, and someone mm-hmm. how are the kids, I'm just like, please don't ask her that, please, because she doesn't know. She doesn't know how her kids are. And I could say, I don't freaking know. I'm barely breathing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how my kids are getting out of bed in the morning. You know what the difference is? Well, maybe not for my 15 year old, but like for my six year old, her brain isn't is still has protective mechanisms in her developmental brain that shuts down the grief so that she can just be a kid. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a protective mechanism Mm -hmm. that I had to learn that when Canyon was, we were like, how can children just be like, Grief, 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 grief. Okay, I'm gonna go play because their brains are protecting them. We mm-hmm. don't have that ability as adults. Yeah. So as a fifteen-year-old, honestly, like I don't know where the development is. I I did I did get into counseling, mm-hmm. and I I learned ways to connect with him, um, ways to seek to know where he was emotionally. And, and you know I take really good notes. like I say I'm a really good student, so I take excellent notes. Because um, when I'm in counseling or when I'm in a class or when I'm I'm writing everything down because mm-hmm. I don't want to forget. Mm-hmm. And so I do have those notes. And then he's made some choices that is that has been very very difficult for a lot of people to understand, but and myself included. But I don't blame that he's. Struggling, mm-hmm. you know, we all are struggling and we mm-hmm. all deal with it in different ways. And he's a 16 year old kid, 17 mm-hmm. now, who, in general, they don't have consequential thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you're heartbroken and traumatized and lost your dang dad, you know, you've had an attachment injury as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, oh, so one thing about. Beck that I just love is. Beck is sweet so wise. Moves. Sweet moves. <laughs> <laughs> I was showing you some of those sweet moves. Right? She was showing me those moves. Freaking moves
0: there. I got some moves. Babe.
1: I've got moves <laughs> so
0: you've, you've never, never seen. seen. <laughs> love that. Love that. <laughs> that should just be my tagline <laughs> on my dating profile. <laughs> oh my gosh! I dare you. I double talk. Dare me. I'll do it. Do it. I'll do it.
1: Okay, we'll I'm see. gonna put it on my profile. I
0: would put let both put it on our profile okay, and see it. if we can swipe ups on this and then same. then we, we should have a of each other.
1: <laughs> the picture we took tonight. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so weird. Isn't that funny? Well, this oh, is a funny thing, guys. Gosh. I'll tell you a quick story. So I'm on this this dating app called Mutual. And I, as am I, as, as, as Becca as well. And, uh, <laughs> so I showed her this cute guy that I matched and she goes, Oh my gosh, I was just talking with him and he didn't want to date me cause she's too far away. You know, she was in Chino and he's in Gilbert, but anyway, yeah. he still hung up on her. So,
0: so I chatted him and I asked him how he was doing and, and then I said, well, remember how I told you actually when he told me I was too far away, I was like, well, I have a, a best friend down there that is adorable and has four little boys and she's a widow as well. And he said, well, what are you going to hook me up with her or whatever? And this is like a week ago. And I was like, I need a minute. Like you just told me that I'm too far freaking away to date me. Give me a minute. Like it's called like a sting, you know? (laughs) And so tonight I was just in a goofy mood and I knew you guys had matched. And so I texted him and I was like, well, guess what? (laughs) I found a cuddle buddy for ya." (laughs) I <laughs> sent him our picture. He was still, you know, whatever. <laughs> Boys are stupid sometimes, but. He's still hung up on I'm back. I'm so, so hung up on me. Now.
1: <laughs> he likes brunettes, and I'm a brunette. Like brunettes.
0: <laughs>
1: oh my goodness. So, I do to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. We got Side note. Oh, I got moves. Oh, it was it was
0: a <laughs> Yeah. That's right. So we're gonna put our own. We should seriously. We should make our profiles identical <laughs> except for our pictures. Yes, there you go. It's going to be a nice social experiment. <laughs> that's gonna be. T- that's gonna be the next podcast. Right. Podcast. Um, not crowd my table, but what are you winning about now? Yeah. Two point <laughs> right. will be the dating thing. Yes, yeah. there you go.
1: <laughs> well, there's a podcast called We Are Singled Out. So I I listen to other <laughs> day. The day. They're young though. Yes, they are young. They're gonna have. They want to have me on there. And have Seriously? my, share my perspective and my experience with dating. We
0: should have, they should have the two, the of, two of them, it, them the, two the two of us. us.
1: <laughs> they should. They definitely should. They would not know. They'd be like, oh no. What have we done? Oh, we will
0: not going to, we will <laughs> never.
1: <laughs> not again. Oh my gosh. Really oh, funny. so what I was saying is that Beck is so wise <laughs> and she is so full of hilarious bull. bull I
0: love it. Bull crap? Is bull bull crap. It? Yes. Oh, I like to play tricks. <laughs> I tease. <laughs> I tease. Oh, I love to play tricks. Um, Especially on little children,
1: it's the best. It's the best. Little boy's named Heston. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a fun one. Um, Tell me what I'm wise about. I'm You're curious. wise about, like, just how, like, you've helped me um, sift through some of my own emotions and some of my, just experience I have with people in my life, and you've kind of helped me deal with that or you'll send me a, a podcast, you know, and be like, Okay, listen to this. This is gonna help you with this, you know. Mm. Um Beck is really big into um um not self help, what's the word?
0: The coaching. The coaching. Yeah. So I subscribed to the Jody Moore podcast mm-hmm. and then I like bought in. I love her work. She's she's awesome. So nice. get a text. Um
1: so you know she shares a lot with me that she's learned. It's middle of the night—that's um, the only reason I
0: asked. That's Just really get <laughs> <that's good> text. <laughs> it's not a hottie. Just tell you. I mean, mm. it's my sisters. They are <laughs> hotties, but it's a different kind. Um, but just
1: like there's been, there's just been different times when, like, you're able to like kind of step back and see the situation as it is, and like look at the different perspectives and dissect it, and be like, okay. This is what I'm feeling right now, and this is why I'm feeling this. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned a lot from you in that way. And just like, I don't know, like, you and I just have this special bond that we just get each other. We have completely different stories, but, you know, not to cuss, but I was telling one of our other widow friends today that I was reading this book. And, like, (laughs) my mantra, like, my first, the first year when Matt died, my mantra was, I can do hard things, the second year was I get shit done. <laughs> That's what it was Very like, because nice.
0: you just do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I wonder what your third year is gonna be. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. When's your anniversary? Um, it's April twenty seventh. So he's been gone two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So this is your third year, like yep. the first year. You could do hard things. The second year you got shit done, and now what are you doing this year? Because this is your third year, babe.
1: I know. Still. <laughs> still getting shit done. <laughs> and still doing hard things.
0: You do you, Boo. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. I wonder what mine would be. That's a good takeaway that's takeaway at the end of this. What's my fir- what's my yeah. what was my first year? Holy yeah. Hannah. So, um,
1: the whole point of this podcast Yeah. Um, is you know, I had said... to re-record this whole thing because back went off script. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, no. The whole point of this podcast is I want people to listen to this and relate to each other. Like, so there's this song that, um, that I heard a few weeks ago that just speaks to my soul and it's called the crowded table and it is, a, it's a country song and I just love it. And, um, it's just basically about, you know, coming together and, um, and everyone feeling included and everyone being loved and everyone being a bit broken, but we all, um, are there together and to support each other and to love each other. And basically it's like, I want my house to feel like, to feel like I have a crowded table of people to come in and feel loved and validated and accepted and heard. Mm. And so that's what this whole podcast is about is talking to different people who have a different story, but ultimately we all can relate to each other because as we are vulnerable, we can open up we can learn from each other and become stronger. And we're in life together. Yeah. You know, so that's the whole point of this podcast is...
0: lift each other lift up. Lift each other up.
1: And, and know you're never alone. Yeah. For... And know you're never alone. And to always know that Somebody's there's always there. someone there and there's always a room at my table. Yeah. I love you know, that. My I always tell people, my house is your house. Yeah. So there's it's always. True. I text <laughs> Holly Roy Marco and I'm like, <laughs> Mm, by the way I'm going to be there tomorrow I'm like you know the nights. code <laughs> come on in my house is your house so there's always room at my table I want people to always know that's that they're beautiful. always welcome and that you, everyone has a, sho- a story to share and that we can learn from each other and learn and grow
0: I think that's how we get along we kind of get along the same way because like I'm like come over bring your boys and it mm. was immediately mm. comfort and cause that's how I try to be too yeah. it was something golden taught me it's interesting he didn't get that from his parents but he mm-hmm. got that from his second family that he adopted into like he adores mm-hmm. and loves and i and they're still a big part of my family he always wanted people to know they were safe and in a good place and could mm-hmm. come over and just be here and here's the food and mm-hmm. you're always welcome yeah. no matter what
1: mm-hmm. so that's the and so Beck is. I'm at one head of the table and she's at the other head of the That's table, right. and so we just strips. have our we have our people and everyone, everyone is our people and we all share and we learn and we grow. And we laugh our butts off. And we, yes, and we make inappropriate jokes all and the time. It's the
0: best. And we fall on our faces. Yes, like today, like literally fall on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was there. I wish I would have seen it.
1: I, I would have laughed and believe... then helped you up.
0: I can't believe nobody saw that <laughs> really happen. Like, and if they did, they're jerks because they didn't come up. <laughs> like oh she's okay she got up she's, she's laughing she's okay. good <laughs> brush it off <laughs> oh my heck yeah story oh my goodness thank
1: you beck so much for for sharing your story and um your wisdom and just being who you are i'm a yoda love you truly i love you <laughs> so thank you and always remember there's always room at my table and mine and hers have a good night